Welcome to the From Battle to Business podcast. In this podcast, business coach and fellow veteran Dean Van Dyke will bridge the gap between service and civilian life, helping guide veteran business owners to supercharge their business and unlock hidden profits. You wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business. Let's get to it. Well, welcome back. This is From Battle to Business with your host, Dean Van Dyke. And today, I just want to take a quick moment to thank all my listeners. Without you, this podcast doesn't exist. So I greatly appreciate all the listeners as well as all the interviewer interviewees that join me on the podcast. So thank you so much. And today, I'm excited to have Derek Johnson on the podcast. He's a U.S. Army veteran, life coach, and trainer that has helped over 500 clients in 50 companies go from just surviving to thriving through his coaching. He was awarded Soldier of the Year for his battalion three different times, received numerous awards for physical training, and took his leadership skills, certifications, and life experiences to help people take control of their mind, body, so they can thrive, not just survive. Thanks for having me, Dean. It's a pleasure being here. You bet. Always great to have a fellow Army veteran on the call. So. Oh, yeah. Tell us, uh, in 60 seconds or less, tell us who Derek is. Great question. So I'm a U.S. Army veteran. I was an Army brat. My dad was 25-plus years Army. My mother was a kindergarten teacher for Montessori for over 40 years. So growing up with the structure, with the discipline and all that. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, they went through their own traumas and everything in their careers, also with their childhood. So they were the sure. oldest of multiple siblings. So after the hit levels of success, binge drinking started to happen. So most of my childhood was a uh, good old nights of yelling, protecting myself, doing all that. But it all helped my path in regards to sports, martial arts, and then also most importantly, being able to help people and meet them where they're at. So I do feel like people that have a certain level of trauma through their childhood, mm -hmm. they have a gift. So I feel that mine as a child and teenager was discernment, just being able to meet people where they're at reading their energy, reading a team or a room's energy and meeting people where they're at to then build them up. So with that being said, the support, the love, all that wasn't really in my family. So I was always that one to try to give it to my classmates, my teammates, people that I worked with, and then now in business through clients or just people on social media, just always try to build people up, give them new nuggets and show them another path so they can attack their goals. Awesome. So I know you spent 10 years in the army and thank you for that sacrifice. Um, cause we all know it is a sacrifice to raise your oh, yeah. hand and, and do that. But, uh, how did the army shape who you are today? Great question. So the army, I knew that I wasn't going to go 20 plus years. I knew that mm -hmm. I was going to utilize it for the incentives of getting college paid for. I wanted to make sure to never have a penny of college debt. <laughs> so I didn't want to go down that route. But in general, I knew that as a child growing up, I was that shy, quiet kid. And I just knew I had to face fears. So like one of the biggest fears was heights. So I knew that I had to jump right in rather than just going skydiving or something as a teenager. So went to airborne, went to air assault, faced that and obstacle courses, everything you could think of. But dealing with that just definitely built the confidence. So number one, facing the fear. Number two, dealing with different or working with different personalities, different cultures, ethnicities, A-type personalities, B-type, all the other types that exist. So then seeing prime example of leaders that I do want to emulate and be like, 
and take some of their traits and utilize mine as well. And then on the flip side, how to not treat everyone or lead and to make sure that I'm always the example. So definitely working with the team, facing those fears, and most importantly, working with various people so you know how to deal with different personalities. So I truly believe that the best leaders, they know how to meet people where they're at, build them up rather than just be in the knife hand drill sergeant mode or to coddle too much, vice versa. So giving people what they need in the moment. Nice. So one of the things you said is is obviously you you knew you were going in the army. You knew you had a goal of to not have any uh, student debt. And so you knew the army was... Um, you know, a, a ways to um, hit that, hit those goals. How did you identify that, you know, cause a lot of folks that go into the army, they don't have that goal oriented mindset. So how did you develop that even in, in light of everything you were going through, you know, as a, as a, as a young man, as a kid and young man, how did you get to that point where you realized this is what I want to go do? Great question. So in high school, I was in army ROTC, same thing in college. So I knew that I had the path aligned in regards to the steps after the career. So I knew deep down that I always wanted to do coaching. It started off just as fitness, but I knew the more people that I work with in ROTC in school and also just in the army, I knew that it was going to be bigger than just helping soldiers or just mm -hmm. athletes. So that's what inspired me to actually get into life coaching because years of training people physically and mentally I saw that months or years later that I work with someone, some people, a small percentage would start to go backwards, meaning they would lose their progress, whether that was mentally, whether that was physically, or I'd see them out, he or she would gain the weight back or would not be in shape. And one side of me was like, all right, they're, they're giving up. But the other side said, you know what? This is my fault. I did not give him or her the mental tools that they needed to sustain this. But most importantly, get rid of those bad patterns. So mm -hmm. it actually just inspired me with that. So dealing with different people, I feel like is a cheat code for many people in whatever leadership area or leadership arena that they're in, because they've literally seen it all. <laughs> so then at that point, they can assess the situation or right. the individual and then go from there to put their best foot forward. Because I feel like with some industries, people are only are surrounded by a certain type of demographic or people. So they haven't seen the really type a personality or the person that needs a lot of help or vice versa so we've seen a wide range of spectrums so i feel like that experience really helped me to pave the way for the coaching business so it was more so i knew that rtc would have the scholarship lined up and then i was always forecasting forward to get everything done with school and just to check all the boxes on the resume and then continue from there yeah it's the the you know, ROTC programs, whether it's Marine Corps in, in high school, you know, whether it's Marine Corps, Navy, Army, Air Force, um, I guess now Space Command too, probably doesn't have oh, quite yeah. the ROTC unit yet, but <laughs> uh, those are, those are some, because our, our Veterans of Foreign Wars post works with uh, an Army or Navy ROTC unit at our local high school. Awesome. And it's, um, it's interesting to see the kids develop and go through that process. And uh, we use them uh, to, you know, be the honor guard and how they, you know, I see them do how they handle their, their weapon better than some folks that oh, I yeah. served with. Right. So, oh, yeah. um, so that's awesome that <clears throat> that shaped and then allowed you to, to identify those goals. And so, 
I want to touch on one of the things though you you talked about um mental you know the mental tools because we know today we lose 22 veterans a day uh due to mental uh struggles and so why you know and, and I heard a, a a thought that last week when I was at the conference cuz uh another, another a marine corps veteran and I were chatting and he said you know it's really about that sense of or loss of community so how yes how do you work with folks that you know they the the behavior of the overweight or the weight is a result of something right so yes it's, and not always i mean sometimes there's a physical condition that that or a, a, a medication that creates it but how do why or let me back up so why do you think people struggle um with that mental you know potentially mentality or potentially they you know from a you know they're struggling mentally how do you identify that through your life coaching and then how do you would begin to address that because there's behaviors there that i i read some of your testimonials and listened to some of them phenomenal work congratulations i appreciate on that. it um, thank you how do you work with them to not only enhance the physical but then also enhance this millions of years old brain we've had that yes, there's been yes. some improvements throughout the throughout the centuries, but pretty much it's the same thing we you know we've had for years. So how do you work with your with your clients to that are struggling mentally to deal with that, but then also give them the tools to re, to be consistent with the improvements? Yeah, definitely. So what we first do is we create a eliminate sheet where they grab pen and paper. I'm old school, so pen and paper. And from the eliminate sheet, we just slowly open up and peel back the layers as in what am I currently doing in my day-to-day -day or in my life that is not helping me get towards my goals? And it's usually something very small. It's usually just that first one or two decisions in the morning. Did he or she grab the sugar? Did they grab water? Did they grab this? Did they hit snooze? Did they scroll for 20 minutes and then realized they were awake early, but they never got out of bed. And then they wow. went down some rabbit holes. <laughs> so I believe that number one is people's attention span is lower than ever. And people do not have control of their attention as in apps, want our attention, advertisements, mm -hmm. pets, kids, neighbors, politicians, media, everything. And everyone wants your attention. So the individual that does not have attention excuse me, the individual that does not have control of their attention, they're easier pushed into a low state or into a dark state or into wow. bad past patterns. So we first identify what are some things that they could eliminate or simply do less of or replace that's going to help them make more progress before we actually add to the routine, add to the schedule or change anything in regards to what their day-to-day -day looks like. Because if you try to add to it, it's going to raise their level of stress and anxiety. And right. we just don't want to start off that way. It's better to first peel off some of the layers and see what it is. And it usually stems from those small things that it's an auto response. When they're stressed, they go through a loop on their phone. He or she grabs YouTube. Then they go to Instagram. Then they check email. Then they end up here. Next thing they know, 30 minutes went by and they're like, how the hell did I get here? Yeah. And then they're stressed again about why they're stressed and why they grabbed it. So it's like a loop within a loop. So identifying those patterns from a neutral standpoint. So not judging their, themselves, but really being hyper aware and realizing that, wow, this is scary. We all have a loop to an extent that we do on autopilot. So creating the eliminate sheets, 
pinpointing what their loops are. Mm -hmm. If it is digital related, sometimes it's different. But then from there, knowing that they have someone, whether it's a team or just myself to speak to, basically like an open door policy where meeting them where they're at, where it is pure conversation of no judgment. When the leader can tell that he or she needs to release, it's better just to let them open up and actively listen than try to teach them something, but just identifying that at first. So in the first moments of somebody getting on a call or if it's in person, you could always tell by their body language if it's time to teach them something that's really going to help them or do they just need a brain dump when you're just literally actively listening and you can tell you're like, you know what, for this 45 minute session, I can tell that there's a lot going on in there. Let's just actively listen, let them release by the end. They can breathe. And then we go from there if they're open to learn the next step, whatever that is. But most importantly is being able to read that individual building that sheet of elimination to see what we can get rid of, identify their patterns. And sometimes the patterns could stem from the past as well. Maybe they've had multiple divorces, maybe it's significance, whatever their thing is, but helping them to do that. And one of the last things before we dive deep into their programming is I start out everyone off as well with the six human needs. You've probably heard of these in regards to Tony Robbins, Les Brown, or Many others that speak about the six human needs, but essentially everyone has all six, but if we can identify our order, most important, what is that person's number one? So for this individual, it could be significance. He or she loves to be part of a team. They like getting feedback, accolades, awards, a pat on the back, whether that be digital, they just love that camaraderie. And a lot of veterans and people that are going through things, they miss that significance to feel like they have that connection to people rather than just doing the monotonous where they're like, all right, clocked in, clocked out. And then they kind of feel numb because there's right. no purpose that's bigger than themselves. But identifying what that elimination process is, what that consists of, identifying their patterns. And last but not least is identifying what their number one of the six human needs is, because then you can use that to your advantage, not in a bad way, but if you know how to approach this individual, you're going to get much better progress because okay. let's say like a sales environment, if somebody has a sales team, not everyone is going to be driven by the commission check. Some people they're driven by, Hey, we're going to give him or her three extra days off a month. And they're like, Oh, I can have time for my kids or sleep. <laughs> Some people are just excited right. by that. Like they don't care about the extra check. That's true. So I'm bringing up that example. So if you could identify what that person's need is and their wants, knowing that everything is tailored to that individual mm -hmm. and they feel like, wow, somebody is hearing me. Somebody's understanding me because at the end of the day, every human just wants two things. We want to be heard and understood. And if we don't feel like that we're getting that from a leader or a team, then that's when we start to go backwards or into a low state. But being able to give people what's needed based off of who they are. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think the sense of community, I think we all desire that, right? To be, oh, yeah. whether whether it's a family or even broader. And I think if <clears throat> you mentioned, you know, if it's, you know, clocking in and out and for some folks that works, you know, they, they, they're the ones that you can definitely rely on to be there. Um, but, you know, it's not why they're there. Uh, they're just there yes. because it, it helps them achieve what their, their end goal is. So when you, when you're working with clients and you identify their needs, I absolutely agree. You can uh, uh, create that coaching environment that speaks to that and listens. Yes. Um, we went through an exercise last week to where 
you know, it's kind of like we hear 50% if we're not actively listening. I mean, I know we have two ears, but think about that. If you're, if you listen 50% of what your client says, you're not picking up on what they're actually saying. And so I think it's interesting how, you know, what you do and how you do it, you not only assist in the physical realm, but you're also working within the mental realm, which is, you know, it's, um, life coaching. I, I, I have that as part, it's not a formal part of my business coaching practice, but, um, interestingly enough, I'd love to know what you would tell, what advice would you give your younger self? Great question. I would tell him to keep his faith strong, keep pushing forward and be more open to gaining knowledge. Keep your faith strong, keep pushing forward and be more open to gaining knowledge. And I'm saying that because I was the hard head. I was the athletic kid. I had all A's. I worked hard and I was like, nobody can tell me shit. I'm the best thing since sliced bread. And I was just like, I'm crushing it. And like, I was here to help people, but I never wanted to listen to teachers, professors, whoever that didn't do what I wanted to do. And at one side, it was motivational. But then the other side, I held myself back from a lot of wisdom or information. So around like 17, that's when I started to shift. Because going back to one of your first questions earlier, martial arts was another huge factor of my childhood and teenage years that really got me focused on everything. Because I was able to release that aggression. I was never the violent teen, but I released that in a therapeutic and calm way with martial arts. Because true martial artists, they're literally the most laid back, positive people. You wouldn't even know that they're into martial arts. They're not wearing the tap out shirts and UFC shirts like, oh, look at me, bro. They don't act like that. They're just the quiet. But that's another thing that really helped me harness my energy from the past. So telling that angry kid, hey, keep your face strong, keep working hard, and then be more open to learning from others, even if they aren't doing what you want to do. Some everybody you everybody has something that you can learn. Oh, absolutely. So it's it's interesting. So I'm curious, what what form of martial arts do you practice? I did Tang Sudo. Tang Sudo. It's it's like Taekwondo. It's okay. uh, considered the translation is China Handway. So essentially it looks like karate and taekwondo. And it's a form of kickboxing as well. So I trained with Ron Little. I'm originally from Pensacola, Florida, which is the panhandle. If people are familiar mm-hmm. with the Blue Angels, I know where Pensacola is. I always say they hey, the blue jets, and they're like, Oh yeah, I know, I know the blue yeah. jets. I'm like, Yeah, wh- white sandy beaches. <laughs> So yeah, so I trained under Ron Little, who trained who was trained by June Ree, who used to be Bruce Lee's right hand man. So it was oh, a variation wow. of like Jeet Kundo, Taekwondo, and kickboxing, but very interesting style. But the most important thing that it taught me is just that level of control. Control. I was always the quiet, shy, calm kid, but mm-hmm. being able to harness the anger or the dark side as in a positive way, that helped so much. But it, it's, it was always interesting to see. I don't, my girlfriend and I, we don't have kids yet, maybe one day. But if we did, I would definitely get the daughter or the son into martial arts because of the mental aspect, not just the self-defense, but the mental aspect of it. And I feel like that is a huge missing piece in today's society with a lot of children is they don't have, sports is great, but martial arts goes deeper than just performance right. and winning and trophies where if they had a good sensei, it would change their entire personality in a good way. No, I agree. I, I did martial arts when I was in the Navy and it was Taekwondo. And I mean, it was, 
I mean, it was a great way to build mental fortitude. I mean, the physical aspect yes. of it was was out awesome. I, I couldn't quite perfect the roundhouse kick, but my buddy, he was <laughs> he was uh, he he could fly through the air with the greatest of ease, as they say, but not me. Uh, but I did love the mental fortitude that martial arts builds. Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting. One of the things I'm sure as a life coach, you run into this a lot, but you know, a lot of times we're not willing to change until the pain is too great or the, the end outcome that we're seeking is greater than what the pain is. And so we move towards that, but we as you know, emotional creatures, because let's face it, we're emotional. Um, (laughs) okay. Uh, most folks like to say, Oh no, I'm logical. No, we're all emotional. That's, that's the biggest challenge. But when people use pain to move to a, a move towards a goal or move towards a, um, you know, to move away from the pain, people don't usually move deeper into the pain unless there's things going on up here. Uh, how do you help people use that pain that they're experiencing as fuel? Great question. So what we identify is one of their biggest goals. So let's create an example. For one, it might be public speaking. They always feared it. They make great money. They have a good relationship, but they always say, oh no, so-and-so at work should do it. Or at my friend's birthday party, I don't want to be the one. And they just don't want the spotlight when it comes to that. But that usually stems from that child being yelled Mm -hmm. at, always being told to shut up. And like they replay that thing in their head, even if they don't think of the scenario, it's wild how many people are held back by public speaking just because of how their family or guardian, whoever spoke to them as a child. And that's why they think that stuttering will come back or that shyness, whatever it is. But what we do, we identify what that thing is and we get them out of their comfort zone. One of the biggest suggestions that I make, I'm not an acting coach, but I always recommend that everyone go to improv once a month. Go to improv once a month to release your inner child, not just to like go be crazy. But if people aren't familiar with it, if you've ever watched Whose Line Is It Anyway, there's improv for you. (laughs) So they they play a character and everyone is there for the same reason. So there's no crowd. It's usually just like five to 20 people max. But it's insane how much that helps every person, the introvert the extrovert to focus more to not make everything about themselves. But in general, after the fact, their level of fear of judgment, whether that be self-judgment or others judging them Mm -hmm. gets diminished. It's excuse me, it diminishes. And it's insane how effective that is just by doing that to get out of themselves to stop thinking so much. So that's one thing that I recommend outside of us identifying exactly what that fear is, but definitely running towards that fear and facing that thing. And it usually is a small thing for many people nowadays. It's social anxiety where when I was growing like I'm 33, but when I was growing up, that phrase didn't exist, but nowadays is very common and it is real. It's real to an extent, especially since quarantine, but we create scenarios for them to go to. So instead of just jumping out of the plane straight forward, we create the scenario and then we slowly build up. So they build that confidence back. So they no longer allow that fear, that fear to control them. So identifying that improv is just a side suggestion or a bonus <laughs> And besides that is small action steps week by week to face that fear, just just to stack wins when they're like, hey, I identified that I did not retreat in said scenario. Mm. I paused. 
I breathe and I raise my hand to do that thing with whatever their fear is. Right. But if they can identify those moments rather before they make that decision than after the fact, because usually people are like, ah, I should have done this or I could have, I would have done that. It's always after our lack of action or taking the wrong action, but being able to pause for a moment, assess the situation and go from there. And it's crazy because it sounds so simple and direct, but again, it goes back to these things. People don't have attention. So that's why they don't make the best decisions because everything is like, Agreed. pop, 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 quick, 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 where we're like, hey, pause, breathe, assess what is the best thing and going from there. But all that just stems back to rewiring so they can create a new pattern. So that way they feel like they have control rather than running this autopilot in various areas in their life. Well, that's, I mean, you know, last week I was at the conference and, you know, our subconscious in, I guess the theory is, is that we, you know, process 4 billion bits per second in our subconscious. So those are the patterns that we've developed. Right. And those are the things that you're, you're trying to do a pattern interrupt uh, because it's funny you you bring up public speaking because I actually enjoy doing it. Um, I must be, a, my bride calls me weird uh, because she wouldn't do it. Uh, uh, you know, she just wouldn't do it. And, and that's, but she is a, um, similar to your mom. She's been a pre-K teacher uh, for, well, well, almost 20 years. So awesome. You know, she, she, she can do things there that I, I wouldn't, I couldn't even envision. I, you know, there's no way you want me in a room full of pre-K or even preschool. Oh yeah. It's cause it's, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would need mental fortitude for that one. Um, oh yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's great because I, I absolutely agree with you. It's, it's that pattern interrupt. Um, I was at a training session about a month ago and, and, uh, uh, instructor was a army vet who had served in Afghanistan and, and Iraq. And one of the things he does to deal with, um, some of the issues that he has is he actually goes into the the inner city and walks through the inner city to deal with uh, some of those things that he has to deal with. So he puts himself in an uncomfortable situation and then yes. works through that. And that's exactly how you begin to face your fears, right? It's, uh, exactly. I can remember, um, you, you know, you're not going to get me to go into the deep end of the pool until one day. I went to the diving boards and I jumped in and then I realized, oh, wow, that was 12 feet deep. That wasn't so bad. Um, but maybe that's probably not a leap most folks should take. But um, <laughs> I think it's interesting how you help folks work through those fears. You identify them, you work with them to take those small steps. You know, it's progress over perfection because it's oh, yes. it's something that... Um, you know, I listen to a podcast in the morning and basically it's stand up, take a step and repeat. And that's exactly And that. That's how I love how you work with your clients to do that. And, and you got testimonials on your, your website, uh, uh, to that fact. And so that's awesome. Uh, I appreciate it. Everything that we literally just focus on is giving people their power back where mm-hmm. family, their past society, the economy, politics, whoever, and whatever does not have control of their reaction to give people that calmness and that confidence again, where they're like, wow, normally I would flip off the handle on this. I just have control now. And I realized that I was wasting so much energy. So the goal is to only use our full energy and mental bandwidth on the things that we want. And it sounds very straightforward and simple, but 
every single moment that somebody has clarity and the light bulbs go mm -hmm. off, those are my favorite moments. Cause I can tell that wow. he or she is aware and they're like, huh, that's why this is happening. Boom. That's why this is happening. And I just call it stacking wins. They'll send me a text. Hey, I did this, or I didn't do this. And then we're just stacking wins. And within three weeks, they're just like, laser focused people are like what are you on what what is your coach right. sell you right. like you just and that's, ship you pre-workout or something <laughs> pre-workout that's some good stuff and and that's what i love about you know you, you talk about stacking wins and that's really what life is about right we're looking to stack those wins we're looking to continuously improve and you know one of the things that i did uh, quite a few years ago is pretty much you know limit any type of news um good. you know it just it, cause it's not, it's really there to, like you said, it's really there to get you to react and it's there yes. to, um, really focus on your, um, kind of that, uh, the part of your brain where it's really, you know, it's like your RAS, right. Just to get that going. And, um, and it's, so it's interesting and they know how to do that. I mean, they're not, oh, yeah. they're, they're not naive. They're, they're, right? ex they're, they're experts, experts on it. Too. Yeah. And so <laughs> if, that's, yeah, that, I mean, so kudos to you for what you do and thank you for what you're doing. And so I appreciate you know, to, it to bring this, uh, uh, to land the plane, as we say on the carrier, um, not that I ever did that, but, um, <laughs> I've got a tough question for you. Uh, what, what are three books you would recommend to my audience and why? Great question. So the number one book that holds up my microphone, if people could see, is Outwitting the Devil by wow. Napoleon Hill. It's hands down my favorite book of all time. I tell people that is like my Bible. Teach your own. But I just love books that give you perspective. So if somebody hasn't read the book, Napoleon Hill essentially has a conversation with the devil and he asks him, how does he manipulate mass society and some parts of people's family like sometimes one family tree is exactly the excuse me is the total opposite than the other mm -hmm. but it's not about violence not about gore it's more so the person that is driven and disciplined the devil's not going to waste energy to try to get in his or her head when there's a million other people who hit snooze five times they scroll all day and they have a drinking problem when he can just whisper in their ear keep doing that thing so the book dives deep on that, but it's very interesting, gives you tons of clarity and it's timeless. A lot of, once you read it, you realize almost every self-help book came from this. <laughs> so uh, definitely one of the greats. That's a good point. That's a good point. Because <laughs> a lot of self-help books, you you read it and you're like, wait a minute, the last one I just read was similar to this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. number one is definitely Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Number two Let's see. Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. It is similar to Outwitting the Devil, where essentially it's a very short read as well. I have it somewhere here. But it's very short. But what it is, it's a, a book of letters that a demon was writing to his nephews and vice versa. And it goes back to the analogy of how do they control and manipulate people, whether it's men uh -huh. drinking whether it's this lady who keeps trying to date this guy that's married, like they, they hit you with all these scenarios and it is giving you different perspectives. So they're writing about, Hey, we're going to send you to earth and you're going to go do this thing. But the intent is not to push religion or anything like that. It's just to give you perspective where it says, wow, no wonder people make these decisions. So books and conversations that are like that have always interests me. Perspective. Perspective hopping is a phrase that I use all the time in normal conversations and with my clients. If you can pause for a moment, 
zoom out, look at your current self from your 10.0, look at your current self from your younger self, and then pop back into the present moment. The individuals that can perspective pop, they always make the best decisions. So books like these, those are definitely my top two. Number three, I would say... <laughs> Relentless by Tim Grover. Relentless by Tim Grover. Mm. If people know Tim Grover, he was Michael Jordan's trainer, Dwayne Ways and Kobe Bryant. So that tells you everything there. But the relentless mentality to always win and realize that the only people that win top notch and long term, they get mm -hmm. obsessed with that thing. Not in a bad way, but that's the only way to attack that. So I love the perspective hopping books and then just going all in with that relentless mentality. Like Michael Jordan did. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And now he owns a race car. So he's took a little bit different path, but yeah, no, that's, that's, that's great. So where can my audience go to learn more about Derek and the amazing work you do? I appreciate it. So they could find me on social media at fit with Derek two. That's D E R I C K the correct spelling of Derek, <laughs> but no, they could just type my name in Derek Johnson and uh, it's the same picture on everything, but my whole intent with social media is to plant seeds make people think, speak about topics that people really don't post about. Or if they're about to hit snooze in the morning, they think about a video they saw and they're like, okay, he called me out on that. And the whole intent is to grab their attention and to help people to stop wasting their potential and utilize the power that's within them. So that's my whole intent. Plant seeds all day and go from there. Just get under people's skin where they're like, all right, he's talking to me. Let nice. me, let me tighten nice. up. <laughs> love it. I love it. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd love to give uh, my guests a final word. So I'll give you the final word and then we'll sign off. I appreciate it, Dean. So I challenge everyone to become the man or woman that you'd be proud of and see how you can give him or her to the world. Become the man or woman that you would be proud of and see how can you give him or her to the world. It doesn't have to be with business. It doesn't have to be with career. You could choose, but I feel like that's where we're all here. We've all gone through trauma to an extent. We've all seen hell to an extent. So if we can heal ourselves and then help others, everything comes full circle. Wow. Words of wisdom to live by. Thank you so much, Derek. I appreciate it, Dean. Thanks for listening. In order to help others, please subscribe and share this show up with other veteran business owners in your network. If you want specific guidance, feel free to book a complimentary call with Dean at deanvandyke.com. Remember, you wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business.